Good evening and welcome to episode six of Dinnertime Discipleship with the Patel family. I'm your host, Neeraj Patel. Or I think I was today I was going to go by Nick. I can't decide after 20 years which one to go by, but I'm here with um, some delicious fajitas and also my family. Uh, <laughs> we have, we've got the usual crew here, Christine and uh, Noah, Eva and Leela. Dr. Leela is. Yes. That joke's getting old, though. We've got to move on to something more interesting and new. Um, just a few announcements before we get started. So I've, you know, we, we've started off slow with the podcast. We've got a few episodes put together. This is number six, as I said. I'm trying to get a Facebook page put together. Um, right now, it's just in very initial stages, but hopefully it'll become a, a legit uh, Facebook page with information and links to podcasts, pr- prior episodes, and maybe ideas for future episodes and things of that nature, maybe some resources that might be helpful. Um, and, you know, we also wanted to encourage you guys to share the podcast with anyone you think who might benefit, any families in particular, uh, with kids, maybe they're teenagers, maybe they're a little bit younger than that, or uh, maybe they're even adults. Uh, you know, I think families of all ages can benefit, um, or, or our hope is at least, that we can be an encouragement to families of all ages um, to just spur discussion, uh, to talk about morality, to talk about uh, our duty as human beings on this planet, to talk in particular about our duties as Christians and uh, what 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 that word means. What does it mean to be a Christian and how does it how does life play out for us? as Christians, as believers. Uh, But that doesn't mean that this podcast is just for Christians. I think that um, anyone could be encouraged and, um, you know, it could could spur on good discussion for families of all backgrounds, believers and non-believers alike. Um, Finally, you know, until we get the Facebook page up and going, and I'm sure at some point, Instagram, once I learn how to use Instagram, and... (laughs) And the Twitter. The Twitter. <laughs> uh, until we get that going, if you have any feedback, any comments, anything we could be doing to make make the podcast better or more fruitful, more encouraging, or if you just have any ideas for discussion, uh, shoot me a line at Nick P Patel. That's N I C K P P A T E L at yahoo.com. Uh, today's topic. Uh, what is it going to be, Christine? We're going to be talking about what sort of behaviors Christians should should or should not be prohibited from doing or participating in, such as music, movies, going to certain places. Okay, so that should be interesting. Um, I think we all have you know heated topic or heated views on on those those issues. Let's start with prayer. Leela, you have something to say? She was asking what prohibited means. Yeah. yeah. So let's start with some prayer, and uh, then we'll get we'll kick things off. Lord Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, thank you so much that we are sitting here today in peace, relative peace, and relative comfort. That you've blessed us with so much um, that we're able to sit here tonight and just enjoy a meal together, in good health and in safety and with a a big table of food in front of us. Simple things that so many people in the world do not have. 
And as you said, to whom much is given, much will be expected. And so you've given us so much, and we know that you will expect so much of us. So let this let this podcast, let today's discussion be just a, a, a token or a drop in the bucket in that direction, a, a drop in the bucket of our lives of service to you. Um, let, it, let, let this be um, just one small step forward in a long and fruitful ministry uh, through this podcast. And may it reach people, even if it's just one person who could benefit from it. It could families that um, could benefit from being encouraged to, to have these discussions and tackle difficult topics and not shield children from hard things or hard, hard topics and sort of the tough questions in life, but confront them head on so that we can learn together as believers, how you would want us to, to, um, to just face these challenges and these difficult topics and difficult difficult issues in life. Thank you again for this food. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Notice the rabbits were wanting to participate over there. Um, okay, so topic, in the past few podcasts, we've kind of given our, our thoughts and what we think on certain issues and you know how we feel about certain issues, but I want today's discussion to also... You know, if you say something, I want you to back it up with why you believe it. Like, give me give me something from the Bible that makes you think that that is the correct answer, right? Because we can think certain things. We can say, oh, well, this is my view on this topic or this is her view on this topic. And that's fine. I want you to, to, to give me your views. But also, um, you know, we want, we want to back it up with Scripture. We want to be scripturally minded people so that we view the world. We, ha- we have a worldview that is uh, grounded in, in the Bible. And hopefully we can explain sort of how we come to those conclusions based on the Bible, just for the benefit of people who are not believers, people who are listening who are not believers. Uh, so um, anyway, with that in mind, Christine, do you want to kind of just tee off the first topic, please? Um, sure. Okay. So You know, people sort of have expectations of Christians. You know, Christians don't do this. Christians don't do that. What are some things that you might have heard that Christians do or don't do? Bueller? Well, we can't sin because Christians sin too. Do you think that people expect Christians not to sin? Well, well, I don't know, maybe. Well, no, because if... Um, like just because you're a believer doesn't mean that you don't know that everyone can't sin or Christians can't sin. Okay. Yes, but the do you think that it's asking do you think that some people are like, Oh yeah, Christians don't sin, they're Christians. No one ever thinks that? Well I know some people do. Well I mean there has to be a few, at least a few people that do. So makes me think about, um, you know, there's certain people who are, I guess, sort of famous in the Christian world, and they'll have, like, a big moral failure of some kind. Like, they'll have an affair, or, like, they'll cheat on their wife or, or their husband, or um, they'll get caught, you know, they have an alcohol or a drug problem, something like Like, a big pro- moral problem. And people will say, you're such a hypocrite, meaning, like, 
you you're you're telling people not to do this thing, and then you're you're doing that thing. That makes you a hypocrite. So they're they're sort of implying that if you're a Christian, you're not going to do those things. Do you think that that's a fair? Well, no, because accusation. Because they're expecting Christians to not sin, but it's not just Christians; it's everyone sins, including them. Right, but I think that their issue is that as a Christian, you're saying, well, don't do these things, and then you turn around and do it. Doesn't that make you a hypocrite? Mm. Mm. No. Hold on, your mouth is full of food. Can you finish chewing first? Because nobody wants to hear that. Mm. So you're saying that you think that people are lying? Yeah. Um, Okay, we'll move because they're like, no, nah, I won't do this. And then, like, maybe a year, a month, a week, a day later, they're like, ha, 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 I'm going to do this. Even though I said I would, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that sounds just like you're imitating daddy voice. <laughs> okay, well, it kind of is. Um, I think people have <clears throat> a lot of expectations of Christians because um, Christians tend to be very preachy. Right. So um, evangelicals or or Christians in America are really vocal about, um, you know, how gays, gay people are terrible or how um, dancing is wrong. Back in the day, that was a big thing. Dancing is wrong. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, people are going to hell for drinking alcohol or they're very judgy. They they um, love to talk about what everybody else is doing wrong. Just rip it off like a Band-Aid, man. Just open it up. There you go. Just take your, take your tortillas. There you go. Okay. <laughs> you guys, you're making like way too much like side noise. You got to quiet down a little bit. Um, so, so we have this long history in the American church of telling everybody else what they're doing wrong. And so that sets up a standard for us. Whatever you expect of other people, you better be ready for them to expect the same thing of you. And so if you fail to live up to whatever standard that you are, you're, you're putting on other people, then you're going to look like a hypocrite when you fail. So I think our attitude has to be not look at me, I'm so great. Look at me, I'm sinless or that I'm better than you. So let's just open all the tortillas right now so the foil <laughs> goes away. Okay. Just open all the tortillas. Let's just get it over with. All right, this is gone. This one, let's open these up right here. Okay. Give me the aluminum foil so it's not a problem anymore. Right, give me that over there. Noah, give me that aluminum foil. This. Yes, the whole thing. Just okay. give it to me. It's making way too much noise. All right. Okay. So like I was saying, um, we got to be ready to, to ex- for other people to expect the same things of us that we expect of them. So, you know, when we fail to live up to that standard, and Noah, you're correct. You said that we all sin. None of us is perfect. Even believers, we cannot, we are not going to be perfect. We should try to be, but we're not going to succeed. Even if you repent. I mean, yes, you're supposed to repent. You're supposed to turn away from your sin. And that should be your your heart posture, your attitude every day is to be one of repentance. I agree with you. But even then... Man, that's not how we eat fajitas in Texas, man. 
<laughs> not eating like a taco. He's eating like a burger. I'm eating, I'm eating That's like a burrito. Okay, so getting back to the point. Um, that's breaking my heart. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Eat from the side, man, like you're supposed to. You're being to. a judgy Christian. Uh, I don't fail in this regard. I eat like I eat them like I'm supposed to. <clears throat> okay. So, okay, I'm going to try to get this thought across without any more interruptions. So, uh, you know, I think our heart posture has to be one of repentance and one of just remembering that we are not perfect and we should not expect other people to be perfect. We're not here to pronounce judgment on people outside the church. That's not our job. Our job is to be concerned with the moral behavior of people inside the church. People outside the church, that's not our business. Our business For them, our business is, is to simply share the gospel, to tell them that, look, I'm a sinner just like you, and I know where there's someone who can help us. I know, I know Jesus Christ. I know he can forgive me and he can forgive you. That's all we need to be saying to them. But when we... If you ask, but when we say we have these parades, what is this? A Westboro Baptist Church, uh, you know, protesting military funerals, and they they have we have these uh, signs up in marches with you know God hates fags, things like this. I mean, that's really morally objectionable to do those things, and it just paints us in a very bad light. So anyway. Um, Re, go ahead and refocus the discussion. I think I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. A little bit, but that's okay. I think it was something worth discussing. Um, so what I'm what I'm leaning toward, getting toward, is that um, there are people, like Daddy said, that are in the church that are concerned with the behaviors of other people in the church. And there are people that are in the church that are behave, concerned with the behaviors of people that are not in the church. There are people that are not in the church that are very concerned with people in the church and very people that are not in the church concerned with people not in the church. Does that make sense? So you've got two groups of people, people in the church and people not in the church. And they're concerned about either the people around them or the people in the opposite party. No, opposite group. So I know of people who will say that as Christians, we shouldn't drink alcohol. Christians should not have beer, wine, um, tequila, well, any of that It's stuff. okay to drink alcohol. Yeah, we're not stating facts, though. That's not the point. The point is that some people believe we shouldn't do that. And the question for you is, or for us is, why are we or why are we not allowed to do those things? So let's, let's give some examples. What's one example of something, Eva, that people say Christians should not do? Yes, Lita. Not try and be like God. Not try and be like who? God. Well, who says that? I don't know. Oh, like, like, hey, you're a Christian. You should be. Tr- you should be trying to be just like God. Or it should be just like God's so Yeah. So the question—that's not the question. The question is, what are what are some things that people say Christians should not do? Like I think I think everybody I think everybody agrees that Christians should try to be more like God. Yeah, nobody nobody disputes that. There's things that people think. Oh, you're a Christian, so you must not do. Okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. So we got into a pretty um, heated discussion in my my Thursday Theo group 
which is I'll re- refer to Thursday Theo at you know certain times in the podcast. Thursday Theo is just a, a group of us guys who get together on Thursday nights and we have a beer and we discuss theology and um, some of my favorite guys in the world, my brothers. Um, but one of the things that we talked about that we had a pretty pretty strong disagreement on was the show watching the show Game of Thrones. So if you don't know what Game of Thrones is, it's this really, really interesting show on HBO. I already know where your stance is now. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. My stance is nuanced, always. I know. <clears throat> but this show, Game of Thrones, is although it's very interesting and it tells a very compelling, interesting story, it's got a lot of bad things in it. Uh, things that, you know, it, like for example, has a lot of violence, a lot of uh, gratuitous sex. It has, um, well, it's mostly those two things. And so, you know, a show that's just got so much violence and so much sex, outside of marriage, I should say, is that something that Christians should be watching? Well, it's okay to watch it as long as it doesn't rub off on you. As long as it doesn't rub off on you, it's okay to watch. Well, how, can, how do you prevent it from rubbing off on you? Like, do you put some Windex on yourself before you get started, or what? <laughs> um, well, so you can just watch the movie, but um, if you're tempted to do it, you just, just try not to do it. Okay, so know your temptations, right? Yeah. Okay, that's that's good. So if you're if you're some, that's a very good one. So if you're someone who struggles with, um cheating on your spouse or you're someone who uh, is just prone to violence or you obsess about those things, then maybe that's not the best show for you. But if you know yourself and you know that you don't struggle with those things, then maybe it's okay to watch that show. Is that what you're saying? Yes. But if, if things easily do rub off on you and like you watch the like sex outside of marriage, then like don't let it tempt you to and don't let it tempt you to have sex outside of marriage. Like that's another example. Okay, very good. I mean, not let something tempt you though. Turn away from it? Yeah, you can turn it off. You can choose not to watch it. That's that's it's true. It's pretty hard to do, isn't it? Like you're like, man, I'm really enjoying the show. I really want to watch it more. I just want to know what happens next. It becomes harder to turn it off. So what do you do in a situation like that where you know maybe the story is just really interesting and you really want to know what happens next, but you have to get through all the bad stuff first. Yeah, just support yourself. Trying to find something better. Try to find something else to do. What I like to do to present, prevent myself uh, from stuff like that happening to me, I just force myself to, to stop and then make myself think what it means, like distract myself. So you do it in your own strength? Basically. So. Well, Eva was about to oh, go ahead, Eva. Reading a book make it? Like reading the book of it? A book could. No, I think she's saying read the book instead of watching the, the, the show. Mm-hmm. It could. It might be just as bad or worse. So. I think you have to be, number one, if you're a believer, you have to be willing to give things up for the greater good. You have to be willing to give up anything and everything in your pursuit of Jesus. So if that means that, like like Jesus says in the Bible, he says you got to be willing to cut off your arm or, or cut off your hand or pluck out your eye if that's what it takes for you to turn away from sin. And so if that means you have to not watch the latest TV show, then you got to be willing to do that. Like that has to be your priority. If if you cannot find a way to to enjoy entertainment without 
sinning or being tempted to sin, then, then you need to have the self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit, to, to turn it off and, and just be okay with that. So, Leila, do you think that Jesus actually meant that if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off? Do you think that he actually meant, like, all right, time to get a knife out and just chop? Oh. What did he mean? Why do you think he said such an extreme thing? I mean, if that's what it takes to say if someone else lost their hand. No, um, if that's what it takes to stop sinning, then you should be able to do it. I think the hint is in what I was saying about extreme. Jesus is telling you to do an extreme thing, meaning you need to go to extreme ends. Don't be afraid to go to extreme ends to get rid of the sin in your life. Sometimes we're afraid to do those extreme things because then people will know about our sin, and that's just so terrible, right? When other people find out. Isn't that the worst thing that can happen if someone else finds out about your sin? No, the worst thing that can happen is going to happen. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what a really said? interesting point. She said the worst thing that could happen is going to hell. That's like, the, that's like why we um, don't sin or anything. Well, we don't sin so that we won't go to hell. We sin because we love... We don't sin because we love God. We know that it doesn't make him happy. Yeah, he's trying not to So, um, I think what Jesus was saying there was don't be afraid to Take drastic measures. If that means other people need to find out about it, like, you know, losing a hand or losing an eye, that's pretty visible. Like, people will find that out right away when they meet you, right? Mm -hmm. But if that's what it takes to do something that drastic to get rid of your sin, do it. If that means, you know what, I need to pick up and move. Like, for whatever reason, there's a sin in my home I need to move, then don't be afraid to do that. Um... If, uh, if you have, uh, I think what Jesus is talking about there is like if your eyes causing you to sin, meaning like if you're looking at things you shouldn't be looking at. So that could be like violence or sex or whatever. Um, then be drastic and get rid of it. So does that mean though that as a Christian, you have a right to tell other people to get rid of their sin? Yes, or what is it? I do want to write something. Tell me. I was wondering, like, um, when you said, like, if you need to pack up and move, because, like, say there's a snake in your house, and you don't do it. Um, I remember, uh, I just remember uh, someone saying that this guy, like, on Jesus' door, like, uh, this guy, Jesus was like, hey, you need to pack up and move and leave your family. And he was like, it was a pretty hard decision. And so he was like, yes. And he said yes? Mm-hmm. Was so, it when he was trying to, um, the man who wanted to go bury his family? Oh. Right. And there was, he said his dad died. Was that, it's been a while since I've heard that one. Is that the right one, Mary? Where he said he wanted to go bury his father and... Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. You come with me. You follow me. Yeah. Is that the story you're thinking about, Leah? No, that was about Jesus told this guy to move away from his family and go somewhere else. To leave a place? Yeah. Well, I think within the Old Testament, um, Abraham left his family 
and work. Do you remember that? Yeah, that wasn't Jesus. That was God. He told Abraham to pack up and leave his family, leave his homeland. Um, he made a promise to him. So that was probably really hard for Abraham to pack up and just leave, right? Could you imagine just getting up and leaving your family and moving far to a land far away? You know, they don't have phones and cars back then, so he, there was a chance he's probably never going to see him again. But that was somebody that went to an extreme measure to follow Jesus and obey, well, not Jesus, God, to, to follow I, God and obey him. I'm sorry, but I have to be the Trinitarian police. Uh, God, <laughs> I knew you would. You, you had one infraction, I'll let that slide, but I can't let two go. So yeah. who can tell me what the Trinity is? Jesus and the Holy Spirit. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Eva? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. And they, not quite, and they make up God, right? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So God the Father, Jesus is God as well, and the Holy Spirit is God as well. Yes. They're all part of the same one God. You understand? Yes. Now, sometimes the Bible says, refers to the Father as God. So like Jesus, the Son of God, even though he himself is co-equal with God. Anyway, I just feel the need to point that out sometimes. Yes, I could see by the look on your face That's that you were Very like, concerned. I can hear the buzzer going off in your head from over here. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the topic that you were saying. That Back um, to the topic at hand. <laughs> Okay, so we I'm going to get enough flack from the Theo guys for doing that much. So, so, so that brings up a good point, what you just did. That is part of the song that is probably, there's no dispute that is not a Christian song. Mm-hmm. Um, should Christians be listening to that kind of stuff? Should Christians be listening to music that isn't about God and doesn't, the lyrics don't point toward God? Well, it doesn't matter if it's about God. They can listen to whatever they want, but I mean, it. They can listen to stuff about God, but it doesn't have to be about God. So the music that you listen to doesn't have to be about God. Christians are free to listen to whatever they want to. Yeah, it's not like it's not like you hear music and like, oh no, it's not about God, and then turn it off. I agree with that. Eva, what do you think? You've been quiet. I also, <clears throat> I also agree with that. Um, and um. Yes, come on. Keep going. Keep going. I don't... You agree, that's all? Yeah. Why do you agree? What do you... Why do you agree? You think Christians should just be able to do whatever they want? Well, like Dad and Noah said earlier, as long as it doesn't affect you in any negative way, um, and if it does, if you... Whatever you need to do to keep it from happening, do it. Okay, so what about, let's say I've got all three of my kids in my car, and I'm driving down the road, and I'm listening to a song, and it's got lots of bad words in it. I've got my seven-year-old named Bila, and my 13-year-old named Beva, and my 15-year-old named Boa, and they're all in the car, and they're listening to all the bad words in this song. Um, is that okay? Like, I'm a Christian and I'm free to do whatever I want. So is it okay for me to do that? But it's affecting your kids. How? 
Like they're learning all the bad words. So what's wrong with bad words? Well, they already know the bad words. <laughs> they already know the bad words? Are you outing yourself, Noah? <laughs> well, wait, 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 but... Really Again, it's a paper that's on a on them. Or you. It doesn't matter <coughs> if it who it rubbed off on. It doesn't, I mean, yes, it does. No, no, no. If it doesn't rub off on anyone, then it's okay. But how do you prevent it from rubbing off on your little kids? Yeah. You can't you make them do them. anything. Just teach them. No, it's not that simple. You can't just teach them. You just don't like listen. Kids, I'm going to turn on some really bad music now. Don't listen. No. You're like, oh, okay. So they're listening. Well, I think what Noah might be getting at is that you teach your you don't like protect or shelter your kids from everything in the world. You expose them to it, but you teach them how to like mentally process it, spiritually process things. They tend to be shielded from it forever. Yeah, so I agree with that hundred percent. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of parents who who try to shield their. What are you making so much noise with, Lila? It's like you're taking a cardboard box and scraping it on the ground. It's a stool. Oh. Um, a lot of parents try to shield their kids from things by just, you know, not letting them see it or not exposing them to it. And I don't think that's healthy. I think that kids need to be exposed to things and learn to deal with them. Because once parents are gone and the kids are out of the house or parents die, um, it's a big bad world out there. And they need to know how to navigate it as Christians, as believers. Um, and and they need to know how to, how to deal with bad words or things that might influence them in a, in a negative way. Violence, um, just sadness, you know, brokenness, the brokenness in our world. So do you think, though, that if I'm listening to just as, you know, one, one example, if I'm listening to music with a lot of bad language in it, they're, they're talking about just sinning, doing bad behavior, that it's okay for me to let my kids listen to it, not from a you know, I'm not going to shelter my kids' perspective, but from a, like you were saying, Noah, a, you don't want it to rub off on them perspective. Is that okay? I think it's, like, age-appropriate, right? I mean, I wouldn't let Lila hear a certain song on the radio, but I might be okay with Noah or Eva hearing that song because they're at a better age to be able to deal with, to un- understand and to, to sort of mentally categorize process, things like that. So the question I'm getting at is, do you feel like, or I shouldn't say feel like, because we're really not talking about feelings. We're talking about what is objective truth. In fact, um, are you causing somebody else to stumble? And as a parent, you know, that, that issue is not quite as clear um, especially when it comes to, you know, if you're watching something, listening to something, whatever, are you causing your children to stumble? Um, and, and is it ethical to purposefully cause your child to stumble in order to teach a lesson? No. No? Why not? Uh, well, they need to learn a lesson without stumbling. They need, first they need to learn how to not stumble, then once they... And see, no, I don't stumble. Then they can be tough lesson. Like once they're once they're ready to mentally categorize something like that's it, then they should they should know. Jesus has strong words for people who believers 
who cause another another person to stumble, especially a child. Right. So how do you balance then your Christian freedom with causing other people to stumble? How do you know where to draw the line? Eva, what do you think? How do you know, Eva, where to draw the line between causing somebody to stumble and exercising your Christian freedom? Well, I think that, like, with with the example with the um, the kids in the car and the bad music, I think before you let your kids listen to it, you should talk to them about, like, how to deal with the music. Okay. What if it's not your kids? What if you're in a situation where maybe you have a friend who's an alcoholic. They're addicted to drinking alcohol. Mm. Um, and uh, let's say you, you invite your friend out for a beer. And then one beer becomes two, becomes three, becomes five, becomes 12. Are you causing a problem for somebody else? Yes. Yeah, yes. But you're, you're, as a Christian, you're free to drink beer, right? Uh, you're free to drink beer as long as you don't get drunk, so it's still not okay. Well, no, but let's say you didn't get drunk, but you took your alcoholic friend and he got drunk. Then you're just letting him stumble. So? But that's that's bad for them. Okay. They should be but trying... So, Go ahead. They should be trying to get rid of the addiction, and you won't be making it worse. That's right. So should you be? Would you? Would you give up alcohol forever, or would you give up your favorite thing forever, if it meant, or not even favorite, but something you like? Would you give up something you like forever just to prevent your brother or sister, Christian brother or sister, from stumbling? You would. Would it be easy to do? Mm-hmm. Well, then why? It's hard. Why would you do that? Why would you do a hard thing that's that's inconvenient for you? Like you're not getting anything out of it. Um, uh, because just because of like the sorry, like I said in the podcast yesterday, uh, put yourself in other people's. Um, Can you talk slower? I can't understand you. Like I said yesterday, you should put yourself in other people's shoes. Like you should look in their point of view. Like imagine if they're not addicted to alcohol and like they're trying to um, and they're trying to stop. Uh, you mean if they are addicted and they're trying to let go? Yeah. So like, um, they would want you to give that that your favorite thing up so that you could, um, so they could stop the addiction. What is it? That? I think that depends. Okay. Because like, if they're more on like the beer, alcohol, side. After like they're getting away from drinking beer and alcohol, then like like said, like if they're like if they want you to help, and like they didn't even say that you want them to help, but like if you want to help them, then then you would you would not invite them. Well, that depends on what your friends are more on. 
what, what's your friend want more? They would want you to give her everything of Sophia's stuff. Well, I think what she's saying is that, you know, what if your friend is an alcoholic but doesn't realize maybe that they're an alcoholic or they know they're an alcoholic but they just don't care? In that situation, are you being a good friend by going out and, you know, having beers with them? But they don't think it's a problem. Just because they don't think it is doesn't mean it's not a problem. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we shouldn't be using our freedom to um, cause other people to stumble. Paul wrote in the Bible, and you guys, we haven't been citing the Bible that much this evening, but I would like you guys to do that. Paul wrote that we should be willing to give up meat which is like a really basic thing that you need or most people would like to have. It's, it has nutritious value. But you should be willing to give up meat if it prevents your brother from stumbling. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to look at the verse here. Um, Romans 14, 13, do not cause another to stumble. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Don't cause somebody else to stumble. Um, <clears throat> so do you think then that there should be a rule in churches that nobody can drink alcohol because it might cause somebody to stumble? Well, uh, you should only drink alcohol if, um, if you're responsible to not be addicted. So you're trusting people to make that decision for themselves? Yes, you should trust people, but... Uh... But what about the person who doesn't know that they're an alcoholic or doesn't care that they're an alcoholic? Like, do you then still? You should let them know. Do you think it's better to just let the person know, or to just make a rule that there's just no alcohol allowed for anybody? Well, you should let them know. You should let the person know because uh, you're free to do whatever you want. Uh, you shouldn't just have a rule not to drink alcohol. You can do whatever you want, but uh, if you if you're responsible not to get drunk, uh, then you can drink the alcohol you want, and that's not a problem. Yes, you don't have to raise your hand. This isn't school, honey. <laughs> Just type up and say whatever you want. Okay, well, doesn't it depend on how much beer or alcohol you drink? Not necessarily. Why? Explain why you think that it matters how much. Well, because, like, say I'm a big dad, like, uh, and I drink a beer or alcohol Does that matter? Well, I mean, does it matter how much? Well, yeah, it matters. If you drink a single beer and you don't get drunk, then you probably have good self-control and you're probably not an alcoholic. And so it's something that is probably okay for you. If you can't stop at one or two, you keep drinking and drinking, you just can't stop. And then you get drunk every time you drink then that's probably not good. You probably are an alcoholic and you probably should not be drinking because it's sinful for you. So we could talk about food too. Like, do you guys know what gluttony is? Like, like a, I can't stop eating. Yeah, it's an obsession sort of with food. It's where food becomes an idol to you. Yeah. So if you have see that's tricky because with gluttony like you have to eat to survive right everybody has to eat mm -hmm. so how do you know where to draw the line between gluttony and just regular eating well well what the therapist know you have to ask a therapist well, well what if we, uh, a therapist would know 
What if you are a therapist? Well, then ask another therapist. <laughs> what did you say, Lila? I think you said something about a cheese addiction. <laughs> oh, well, Lila. Lila has a cheese addiction. <laughs> You're growing, though. Okay, so in that situation, I think it is a bit harder to, to discern, to know when does this become an addiction and when is it just survival. And I think it's the same thing with, with food or with alcohol or with movies or TV shows or books. And that is, um, I think, two questions. Number one, is this causing me to sin? So, for example, if you're an alcoholic and you, for example, get behind the wheel of a car and you drive, that is a terrible, horrible, bad, bad, bad thing to do. That is a sin. You're causing other people to get hurt because you are just irresponsible. Right. That is that is a sin for you. Um, and just because you got away with it one time, just because you made it home safely one time, doesn't mean you're going to do it every time. Right? You're that's you're still sinning whether you had a problem or not. Um, and with with food, how could you sin by eating food? Well, like if you're eating way too much, like you said. I'm like not eating way too much. I'm like if you're eating, say way too much rice, like um. Eating too much is not a sin. Is it? Because your drains. That's because you eat too much. That's why you're saying that. (laughs) (laughs) That was offender number one. (laughs) Well, that's the last thing. Eating too much is it's gluttony. Gluttony is a sin. Yes. Mm So much. Oh. And it's and it's really not gluttony. It's idolatry. Oh. And it's lack of self control. So then it is. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on, Eva was talking. It is a sin because one of the Ten Commandments is um, you shouldn't have any idols. That's right. And well, what I was going to say is it's also a sin because you have to have self control. Yeah, you need to have self control, right? Mm-hmm. Were you about to say something, Leela? No? What what were some of the other topics that we had on there? um, It was just talking about, um, or I was just talking about just different things that Christians should should or should not be prohibited from, like going to certain places. Um, Like to a beauty shop? Well, I was thinking of just uh, like businesses that are more oriented toward grown-ups. There are places where... um, Grown-ups can go to watch people undress. Strip clubs. Undress, take off their clothes. Yes, they're called strip clubs. Should a Christian go there? Well, no. Hey, I can see you home. You think it's funny? (laughs) Okay, but there are grown-ups who very much enjoy doing things like that. I know as a kid that's, like, ridiculous and embarrassing, but there are grown-ups who like doing that. You, you'll understand when you're older. <laughs> 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 okay, so should Christians go to a place like that? Well, you're not repenting, are you? I mean, like, God's going to the Well, would, that's a very interesting question. Would God go into there? Would Jesus go into there? Maybe. 
but he would go in there for a different reason than other people. He wouldn't go in there for like sexual pleasure, sex, sexual pleasure or anything. That's right. He would go in there for what? What? No. Why would he go in there? A soda. <laughs> soda. <laughs> Some wine. <laughs> what do you think he'd want to do? Think about. Say like banging on the soda machine, like what? I took my fifty cents. <laughs> Probably turning over the tables. Oh yeah, like you know that's for. I don't think he'd be turning over tables because it's not a temple. It's not, it's not a, a, a holy place. It's a sinful place. And I think he would go in there to try to show people a better way. But that's Jesus. If we go in there, what will people think? And normally we don't care what people think, but we care about how Christians are perceived, right? We don't want people to think that, oh, there goes another hypocrite when that's not really why you're going in there. But you have to be thinking about that too. How does it look to the world? So it, have, is, it, is it bringing dishonor on Jesus? I have a bit of a challenge to what you were saying because you said, you know, this isn't a temple. But as Christians, our body is a temple to the Holy Spirit. So if you are a Christian, your body is the temple. So do you think that Jesus would have the right to go in there and turn the tables and say, this is a house of prayer. This is not a place for idolatry and lust. And well, he has the right to do whatever he wants, but I don't think it would make sense. Why would it make sense? Are you saying that the, the, the stripper is like a, um, a temple of the Holy Spirit? If he or she is a Christian, yes. Well, in that case, I think, he, this is very speculative, but I think he would talk to that person. I don't think he'd go in there and start throwing things around. Well, yeah, it would be that individual person. And I think you have to give the Holy Spirit the right to come into your life and, and do those things and say those things to you. I mean, what did Jesus do with the prostitute? He didn't, like, cause a huge fuss. He defended her mm-hmm. from people who wanted to stone her, forgave her, loved her, and said, sin no more. Go, mm-hmm. you, you know, sin no more. So one more quick question I want to talk about. What, what does it mean then? If something is an idol, for example, if food is your idol or music is your idol, what does that mean? What does that look like? An idol is something that you treasure more than God. Something you treasure more than God. What were you saying, Lila? You talked at the same time. It could be an idol. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, if you're listening to worship music, then that means you're probably a Christian. Right, but could worship music itself be an idol? Well, Jesus isn't music, right? Well, no. So, but just like Mom said, food can be an idol. Is so, food? then so no. can music. Music can be an idol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were just saying that it can't. Okay, so let's let's kind of focus. To the, let's figure out what we've learned tonight. Let's summarize what we've learned tonight and then wrap it up. Noah, what have you learned tonight? Um, about uh, what can be an idol, what cannot be, and what you should be willing to do to... Uh, can you come closer and talk so the mic picks you up? Um, what, what can and cannot be an idol, and what you should be willing to do uh, to stop sinning. Okay. Um, what about you, Ma? What have I learned? Yeah. I think um, we didn't necessarily talk about this, but I... Just reminded that the things that I do are important because there are people watching me. Um, 
and I don't want to cause somebody else to sin. So I need to be careful not to, not to give an image that I'm perfect and that I live a perfect life, but that um, I'm not doing things that, that I know are going to cause other people to sin. What about you? I was just reminded of the need for us to explain to non-believers and to share with them that when you see a Christian sin, it's not because, um, I think in general, it's not because someone's trying to be a hypocrite, someone's trying to be a, a sinful person. I think that this whole idea of Christians being hypocrites uh, has a lot of validity, but in many cases, you know, the, the non-believer needs to be reminded that, look, you know, yes, we sin. Christians are not perfect. You know, churches are hospitals for the sick, not for the people who are well. Jesus came to save the sinners, not those who are perfect or sinless. Um, and, you know, newsflash, we're all sinners. We're all sick. We all need the, the spiritual hospital of a church, of the church. And so, um, you know, I, I just wanted to sort of reiterate, it, it was a good reminder to me, and I wanted, wanted to reiterate that point as well, that that we are all sinners, that all Christians, no matter how prideful they may seem, you know, and how sort of puffed up and arrogant they may seem, uh, they need a spiritual hospital just as bad as anybody else does. And that includes non-believers too. You need a spiritual hospital. You need Jesus just like we need Jesus. What about you, Lila? What did you learn? Mm. Well, I... Stop eating cheese and answer the question. <laughs> I'm wondering about how a lot of people try and turn away from something that they're addicted to. And it would be really hard for me to say turn away from cheese or something. So I'm just giving an example there. So. so it would be hard for you to give up something that you love the for the benefit of somebody else. But would you do it anyway? Okay, Eva. <clears throat> I learned about what's when it's when it's making someone stumble and when it's helping them. Like, um, like with the music in the car, when you're teaching your kids like uh, how to deal with the music or are you just not, you don't care if they listen to it or not? Like if you're a bad parent and you don't care if they listen to it and you don't care if your kids listen to it or not, like, I'm not so I, I don't really understand your point. Can you say it again? Like rephrase it? I learned about like <laughs> you lose your train of thought? Yeah. I, I think Eva's a little tired tonight. She's been kind of quiet, just you know. Contemplative. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Well, I have a question for you, Eva. I know you're sitting here waiting for the chips because they're crunchy and we've been avoiding eating them because of the mic. Salty, nice chips. So, but here's the thing. If I see you eat chips, then I'm going to be tempted to eat chips. And I can't, once I start eating uh, Lupe Tortillas chips, I can't stop. 
So uh, would you forego eating the chips tonight so I don't end up being a glutton tonight? I don't have a moment of weakness? Well, I think that he's asking you to forego eating the chips so that he can have more. No, that's not. <laughs> and if, you, if I don't eat chips, you don't eat chips? Okay. We'll report back at the next podcast. Just, <laughs> as long as I don't see it, I guess. Okay, uh, I think that's it. Anybody have any closing thoughts? I would just like to add that, um, you know, it's easy to say, yes, I would give up this thing for somebody else. It's another thing to do it. Um, so I just want you to consider that. Um, I'm not saying that any of you is being dishonest about that, but just consider that it is more difficult to actually do it than to say it. And if you say you're going to do it, then you need to commit to doing it. And um, it takes a lot of prayer and it takes the leading of the Holy Spirit to do that. Um, and if there's ever a time when you are committing to help somebody with something by giving something up, it's okay to ask somebody else to help you pray. It's always good to pray with another person about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good word. All right. Um, I think that's it. Thank you for tuning in for episode six. Please Leave us any comments if you can on things we could be doing better or differently uh, besides the obvious, which is less background noise. Leela, please stop that. <laughs> As I'm saying background noise, she's like licking cheese off her plate and uh, throwing the napkin around. Um, so, yeah, please leave, leave us any comments you can. My e Again, my email address is nickppatel at yahoo.com. And we'll get our Facebook page going pretty soon, hopefully. Um, and I think that's all for tonight. You guys have a blessed night. Bye. Bye. Bye.